Good morning, Cincinnati, and welcome into another episode of the Bearcat Brunch. Brought to you, as always, by our wonderful partners at Royal Links Golf Tours. Have you always wanted to play golf at St. Andrews? Have you ever enjoyed a perfect pint of Guinness in Ireland? Well, with Royal Links Golf Tours, you can do all that and more. They are a golf tour specialist offering unforgettable golf experiences in Scotland, England, Ireland, and Wales. Their custom itineraries are more than golf trips. They are immersive cultural and country experiences that will surprise and delight you both on and off the course. Royal Links Golf Tours is owned by former Bearcat quarterback Hayden Moore and his partner, UC alum Jeff Bartholomew. So if you'd like to play St. Andrews or famed Valley Bunyan, please visit their website at RoyalLinksGolfTours.com or call them at 770-331-1525. And with that, we are back on a, a beautiful sunny Sunday morning to recap the first ever Cincinnati Bearcats Big 12 football game, which the Bearcats dropped 20-6 to to the number 16th ranked Oklahoma Sooners. As always, I'm joined by my esteemed colleague, Jeff Howe. How are we doing this morning, Jeff? Uh, I'm awake, so that's good. That's half the battle. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> I, I am as well. Again, staying up far too late watching pointless, you know, Pac-12 football. But uh, as we do every episode, we start with you and your uh, biggest takeaway from the Bearcats' loss to the Sooners. Um, I think the defense is probably going to keep us in – We'll have the ability to keep us in in some games um, that maybe we shouldn't be hanging around in, uh, and uh, like last week, I mean the, the offense has to get better. They've got to find a way to get back to what we were able to see with the kind of the the flow of things. Uh, the first, what like I guess we can say like week and a half. First. First week and then half of the second game. Right. So. Yeah, it's, I think to me, the frustrating, obviously we'll get into the, the, you know, details of it, but the frustrating part is, you know, they do, they do good things and then they either shoot themselves in the foot or getting consent. Like, and this, I think the you know, I think there's probably a bigger part of this that is that maybe we're not spending enough time on of like all the new pieces, the new staff, the new offense in general. Like because you see when when it's clicking and the talent is there, you see that it can be successful. I mean, absolutely. The Miami game, obviously, we've talked about that enough. The red zone issues, those existed again to yesterday. The short yardage issues existed again. Um, you know, especially in the second half, but it's just, you know, Oklahoma has a, a better level of athlete than anybody we've seen to date. Offensively, they are, they came into this game averaging, you know, and we'll get into the defense, but obviously the offense is the, is the storyline. But I mean, they came in averaging 55 points a game, hold them to 20. They came in averaging 66% on third down, which is just an insane number. Hold them to 37. Um, you know, just things that put you in a position. We, we, they did the bend but don't break thing that we talked about on Wednesday. You know, you, you, like they get into the red zone. You force a turnover. You force a field goal. Like, you're not going to slow – like, you're not going to shut them down. Like, 20 points is basically a perfect game. And there are things that defensively I'm frustrated with or we could pick at, but, like, you held the – the most efficient offense in the country through three weeks to 20 points. So I'm not sure what else you really want to ask that unit to do, given that Deshaun Pace was suspended. Uh, Jack Dingle was in and out most of the day with what looked like an ankle and then maybe something else later on. So you're having Jonathan Thompson's out there a lot. Ken Willis is playing the whole, like, you're not even at full strength going against. Sammy Anderson's still not playing. Yeah, Sammy's still out. So, I mean, you're not even at full strength uh, against one of the best offenses in the country, and you hold them to 20 points. So, 
you know, it's it's a frustrating thing because we see glimpses of it offensively, but just something is not clicking, especially when they get down inside the 25. I know the, the, the telecast had up a graphic, I think, partway through the third quarter. 12 trips inside the 25, two touchdowns, four field goals. Like, it's just – and when it's mm-hmm. like that, like, I, I know the easy thing to do is to just say play calling, coaching, whatever. When it's like that, it's everything. Let's just oh. be clear about that. Like, it's everything. Like, you can't just single out play calling or you can't just single out execution. Like, it's all bad right now. So it, I don't it, really have any time for, like, the whole, like, nitpicking here and there on different aspects of it. Well, something's got to change, though. For right? sure. Like, I mean, is it what is like the definition of insanity kind of thing? Like, it just seems that there is a major disconnect that occurs and and I don't know like I don't know if it is obviously there there's some issue with quarterback play inside there's some issue with blocking I mean the offensive line I think we knew was going to be a kind of a a soft spot on the team yeah um I definitely think the offensive I got I did I actually did rewatch this one this morning (laughs) and uh I did some some charting, and I think the offensive line was a major issue yesterday. And and so and I think so. I I, I was talking to some people yesterday, like afterwards, and kind of like towards the end of the game. And I think there there was an issue. There, well, obviously there's an issue, but I think maybe that Emery. Obviously, there's pressure quite a bit. It seems, um, which obviously is going to you know let's say it cuts his ability to to go through any kind of reads or progressions. Let's say it cuts it in half uh, to be generous. Uh, and, and it seems like then when there's not maybe necessarily pressure there, maybe sometimes he's anticipating it and is, you know, the, uh, the interception over, I think it was like at the end of the half there, it was very clear that it was snap turn throw and never saw the safety coming over. Yeah, I mean, and Satterfield mentioned that in the post game, like that was just a bad read. You're on the right hash, and your trips to the right, and you're throwing all the way down the left sideline, and that was not the read. I mean, the read was somewhere to the right, more than likely. Um, but you're right, like you know, he threw the ball 24 times in the first half, which is too many times. But when I give you this stat. I'm going to ask rhetorically, like, what else were they supposed to do? They ran the ball 15 times in the first half. Ten of them went for two yards or less. So if you can't run the ball and you're supposed to be a running team that uses play action off of your run, then what the heck are you supposed to do besides throw? Plus you had the last drive of the first half where you're trying to get down the field quickly so you're gonna throw mm-hmm. the ball more than more times than not but i mean i've got kiner zero jones minus two smith zero jones zero monty two monty minus two miles one kiner minus one kiner minus two jones two like those are your some of your runs in the first half what are you supposed to do i thought oklahoma's linebackers in their game plan did a great job they were firing the a gap c- constantly they were down downhill all day. And then, you know, he's got 11 incompletions in the first half. Five of those were straight throwaways where he's in under immediate pressure or had less than two seconds to throw the ball. You got a drop and the a Shimon's drop and the interception. So he's 13 for 24 in the first half with five just automatic throwaways and a drop when you can't run the ball. And it still should have been 10 to 6. Snap, the hold was good. Carter Brown just shanked one. I mean, it, it's going to happen. Well, like, I, but I like, if you go back to that, I think uh, I think Coach said in the uh, in the in the press that he presser that he thought the the snap was low, and I uh, I watched I don't it know. plenty it, of times. It seemed like they got it down it, for a twenty six yarder. They got it was it was good enough. It, it, it wasn't looked, any worse than the fifty four yarder. Well, it it looked an awful lot. Like, uh, 
like a a very bad duck hook on yeah. like a par three. I mean, yeah, it was, off of, you just snap hooked your driver <laughs> into the water on a par five, low, like very low, very like a stinger I, snap. That's hook what I thought. What like like I was like, shit, was the ball like on its side? <laughs> yeah, it, so it didn't I, even look. It didn't even look natural the way that the ball. No, know. I'm not sure what happened, but either way, like this offense is built on running the ball first and foremost, and then play action and taking shots down the field. And if you can't run the ball, then you can't really take shots down the field. There's no reason for, you know, oh, you did a good job with, like I said, in the A-gap. Danny Stutzman was awesome. I mean, 13 tackles, a sack, three and a half tackles for loss. But Deshaun McCullough was good. Jaron Kanick was good. Like, they were just, I mean, let's just be real. They read things quicker than we could, could match them. Like the offensive line couldn't keep up with their stunts, couldn't keep up with their pressure. Sometimes it was overloads and there's just nothing you're going to be able to do. But other times, like they're beating blocks. They're on one run play, I think it maybe was the second drive. Stutzman beat the tight end coming across. Yes. The other thing, the other thing that stands out a lot with that, like with what happened yesterday. They didn't like they they didn't miss any like any tackles like none of the and, and none of our guys made that's, them miss. I I had that in my notes and that's been a problem all year. We don't break we haven't broken tackles. You got a swing you, pass swing pass out to Miles. There's nobody there but the the safety and he brings him down. Like you got you you cannot get tackled in the open field every time. No, and, ex- and expect to be able to do anything explosive or to like get anything going. If every time you're matched up one on one, you lose. Yeah, I think we're. I think on you know, there's there were we were awful on third down, but we were awful on first down to kind of get into that position a lot of times. Awful on second down to get into that position. So I mean, I think I was looking at it. Um, about half of the third down attempts, roughly, were like nine yards or more. So I mean, you know. You're limiting yourself there as well. Yeah. Excuse me. But there's there's clearly something going on when they get inside the red zone, slash 25-ish, whatever, and short yardage, where they're just making it way too hard for themselves. I mean, when Emory had time and they were running slants, like the slant to Evan, a stick route, um, you know, a hook, a speed, like, there's no speed outs. They're like they do all that stuff just fine, and then they don't run it on second and two, third and two, fourth and two, whatever. Like the one fourth down that kind of went through Peyton Singletary's hands. Yeah, D. Wiggins, I think, is open, but they're running like three guys across, and it's tough to see, and it's slow to develop. It was fourth and two, kind of like towards the lair, and with the game still kind of in the balance. And I'm like, that's just, it seems like a wrong play to call there. Yeah. Like you said, it's a mix of, of likely play calling. Like not, you know, when you get these kind of like slow to develop plays down there in a confined space, if your line isn't holding their water, it, it's all going to blow up. And right. so, and and that then leads to Emery, maybe only making one read, or maybe deciding before he snaps the ball, like, well, I'm just going to throw it to Xavier. I'm going to throw it that direction. I know, or, you know or what it's one read, or it's one read and go, because yeah. in his mind he's like, I don't, I'm not going to have time to get to read two and three, so I'm not even going to take the chance that I have like better protection than I had on the last play. So I'm just going to get what I can get, and and that's a. I mean, that's a problem. He missed some throws. I'm not absolving him of, right, right, of right. playing a, a very av- – the second interception, they're down. He's just trying to make a play. There's a guy hanging on his leg. Like, it's fourth down. I'm not really concerned about that one. Um, but, like, and then – so we're talking – you can talk scheme and everything and, and the play calling and and things of that nature. But, like, at what point do you just say, like, it's third and two – Third and one, fourth and two, like somebody's just make a damn play. Like yeah. when you're when you're one on one. It's like I know we we want to have this like they're college kids and we don't want to be critical. Like 
you can be critical without criticizing. Like you can't every every third down and short, second and short, fourth and short, whatever. Every one of those can't be the wrong play call. Oh, it, it just can't be that complicated. Like at some point, hey guys, like block the guy in front of you. Like there was a third and one, I think. Miles, there's a decent hole there. The guy for Oklahoma fills it really well and just stones him. Like yeah. you got to be able to. I'm not saying make that guy miss and turn it into a 60 yard touchdown, but like you can't just get stopped in your tracks right there without being able to squeeze out two yards. Like that's a one on one play that we just did. We are not making right now. Yeah. I mean, we're not making it anywhere at any. I mean, if you want to break the line down to one on ones, like a lot of the time we're losing there too. And, yeah. uh, and that's where it, I mean, it, yeah, it obviously like manifests itself in other places or causes issue. Like the ripple effect of the fact that the line isn't the greatest is kind of now pushing out elsewhere. But when we do get the opportunity to do something, those guys aren't making anybody or not kind of carrying their load either, at least on the offensive side of the ball. Right. I mean, you're, you're just like in this game in particular, like, too much getting pushed back into the backfield, whether it was a run play or pass play. Too many just not free runner around the edges, but like the tackles are struggling. You know, John Williams has been getting beat consistently now around the edge in multiple games. Um, they were already, you know, in this game, they did some rotating with him and Philip Wilder. Um, but, you know, DeAndre Buford has an extremely costly, costly penalty down you know prior to the missed field goal to push them back to second and 13 down there you know and the interior got moved around a lot too so it's it's you know we were concerned about the tackles but it was everybody yesterday well and i think you know you kind of expect when you go up against an oklahoma or like i mean when you when they moved, when the Bearcats moved into the Big Twelve, like you had to expect, and everybody said it. We've said it here, other places. You know, with people smarter than me have said it. Like when you go in, there's not going to be any. Once you hit conference play, you're not, you know, running up against. You're not getting a break from the time conference play starts to the time it ends. You, you don't get a break with the, the guys you're going against. So you you've got to be able to to do your job and do it well all the time or else this is what's going to happen. And if you like, go back to it, you said we were going to hold them to 20 points. This, this team, this juggernaut offensive team that, you know, runs plays faster than Chip Kelly's old Oregon teams. Like I would be like, okay, cool. If we hold them to 20. You know, we got a shot and we did have a shot. I mean, it was, it was close enough, but the way the offense was playing, it was always kind of like, Unless the defense can get a pick six or, you know, a scooping score, I'm not certain that we're going to be able to, that we can even put up enough points, even holding them just to 20. Right. I mean, it's 10 six and, and they go and they score pretty easily to go back up 17 six. But it's, you know, it's like you're asking the defense constantly to, you know, and in that case, it would have been great if they got another stop because the offense had the end of the first half and into the third quarter. They were moving the ball again, you know, they're they're getting bogged down in, in the same situations, but like you get that stop there, who knows? But yeah, you can't like and I guess that is also the the frustrating part is not saying that we would have won the game. I'm not gonna say we should have should have, could have, not any of that. It's just the like you hold them to 20. You want you want to put your you know you, half of your team has put yourself in a position to make the game something at the end and the offense just is not figure is, has not got it going right now and I think Oklahoma's one of you know I think Texas is a cut above everybody else in the conference right now um, but Oklahoma's pretty damn good and you know that's the thing is like can we get these offensive struggles figured out because the teams we're going to be playing, I don't think are anywhere near as good as Oklahoma off, especially offensively, but I mean, their defense is surprised. I mean, their defense was awful last year and 
from from that to this, I mean, it's it's pretty darn good, even with the UC struggles. Like just watching them fundamentally, watching the different looks that they showed, watching how aggressive they were playing. Like I think they're going to be a good defense regardless of who they're playing uh, the rest of the year. Yeah. So can we can we get the things figured out? Can we, you know? Not, I think it's the thing that just I think I keep going back to is we just seem to make it harder than it needs to be. Yeah, on the short yardage stuff inside the 20, like that it shouldn't like I know it's harder because there's less space, you don't have as many plays to call. The defense doesn't have to worry about getting beat over the top, they can be more aggressive. But that I mean, that's on the coaches to to figure that out. And it's on the players on those short yardage ones to, to bow up and just be like, we're picking, we're picking it up. Like I'm going to make, I'm going to win my one-on-one battle. And we're just not doing that enough right now. Yeah. I mean, and you've got weapons. Like, I mean, Xavier Henderson is an NFL receiver. I mean, that, that guy is just unreal. Braden Smith is an alien. Like the guy can catch anything that's within like, you know, his reach and some stuff that's a little outside of that. And for them to, to struggle so much. And, like, if you get it close enough, I mean, Corey Kiner should be able to run the, you know, mo- most people over, right? Like, at least push them back a few yards just on his own. Yeah. And it's, I, did, you know, I, did I know think, we're, like, beating a yeah. dead horse with offense, but it's. We're, you know, you're playing from behind. And, and I meant, I talked about the run game issues, especially in the first half. I think, I, you know, I think I would have liked to have seen a little more of miles just because his speed element was noticeable on, on his runs. Um, you know, he only had six for 37 yards along a 16 just felt like he gave them, especially on the, the wide zone runs that they had. The inside zone was a disaster in the first half. Um, but the wide zone runs that they, that they, they that were somewhat successful. I felt like his speed element um, was, was noticeable. But again, I mean, you're behind and you're not running the ball well. So does it, you know, <laughs> does it really, I'm not sure that's worth nitpicking on its on itself. But, you know, they have to figure it out. You got a short week. You're going to yeah. BYU. That's you the know, other big issue is, you know, you, you don't some, have a lot of guys time to banged speak. up. I know Jordan sounded like Jordan Young banged up his hand at some point late in the game. We don't know the status of Sammy. We don't know the status of, um, you know, Jack Dingle, how he's going to be on a short week. Some of the, you know, was, so you're going to, you played a, a tough physical game in, in a hot conditions. And now you got to travel to, you know, the furthest out West team in the conference right now and play late on a Friday night. So well, you're going to have to figure this stuff out real quick. In Satterfield, I, I think he said that, uh, that Deshaun Pace will be back. Right. Or he expects that he'll should be back. Be, should be, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know that it, I mean, not to, he, he hasn't really like stood out as a, you know, as like a, a star uh, by any means on, on defense. I thought, you know, uh, Ken filled in very well yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, I did, I did send, uh, I told Aaron before the game, I said, I think uh, that the Godfather pops off but i don't know if it's going to be enough like if it if that will necessarily translate to a win and i thought uh, dante had a heck of a game um yeah from where oh, he was I, at. I mean the defense for by and large was <clears throat> yeah. very good i mean dorian jones 13 tackles a sack it seemed like every loss. time that the camera popped up on when we were on defense every time the camera popped up it, it was dorian jones like standing there yeah. over whoever he just laid out Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you had Justin Harris, 10 tackles, Taj Ward, 9, and 2 tackles for loss, Ken Willis, 9, and a tackle for loss. You know, there were just, you know, and again, they had to play basically a perfect game, but there were still just moments where you're like, oh, just like, you know, you got them backed up, it's 3rd and 19, they're giving up, they run, yeah. they run the ball, they're giving up, and you and let the guy break yards. tackles and, he get, huh? and get 20 yards. Like just, just, there were certainly those those little situations on defense where you're just like, and and those even though the defense played a really really solid game, 
those are moments that get magnified when the offense is struggling the way that it was struggling. So like, Mm -hmm. and again, I'm not being super critical of that, but like those type of situations, like the offense is, is, is hurting. We got to get off the field there. Like you cannot give up third and 19 from your own three yard line on on a basic little handle. I mean, it wasn't even a, there, I mean, there, there wasn't even an exotic nature to the play that they ran. They no. literally snapped the ball, turned, and just handed it off, and we're like, uh, you know, grab a couple yards so that maybe our punter has some right. room back it was here. A, yeah, it was a give-up play. <laughs> and he just kept going and making, like, they were just Bearcats falling on the ground all around him as he yeah. you know, made it you all know, the way I mean, up I, to the... And I think, you know, a couple chances, I know Threats had one, would have been tough interceptions, but again, like, in these situations... You got to make those plays against a team like this when you know your, you know, offense is having a hard time playing a good defense, and you know it seems like a lot to ask to be like make every interception if it touches your hand, yeah. make a, you know, make every tackle like no breaking, no broken tackles, and you know. So I don't want to get too far out over that, but like. That's that's kind of the edge they're on right now due to the offensive issues that you can't you just can't give up that type of a play on third and nineteen because no. you know you you stop them they're at the five yard line six yard line they're punting they're backed up in the student section maybe he shanks another one I mean the punter was not good so maybe no, he, he you, know, you get the ball in the, you end up getting the ball in the plus in plus territory and maybe you hit a big play because you feel like you got momentum or something like. Just it all, you know, it all works together. So the big play issue, I think, is is there as well. I mean, this you're just not going to consistently drive in, drive out, move the ball down the field without some big plays. I know I, I think I tweeted it out. UC's longest play of the day was 22 yards, and on every Oklahoma scoring drive. So there are four scoring drives. They had at least one play of 18 yards. They had one longer. The Shaman pass was 35. The Shaman pass was 35 Oh, the Shaman pass, yeah. And then the Anderson one where he was – Yeah, one play. We had one play. Yeah. We're apparently out of bounds, and they they gave it. I think I meant to say we had one. That play stood, Chad. He was inbounds. We had we had one play longer than thirty-five yards, or longer than twenty-two yards. Yeah, yeah. When you're not stretching anything, when you're not able to stretch anything down the field, I mean, it's. It, but it should be there. That's the thing. Is like, you've got the guys to to make it be there. You just like you have to be. You have to give Emery like he's. It starts there. He's got to have the time, and then. It, like I, I was just shaking my head yesterday because like the offense goes out and it just seems like the offense is out there and then suddenly they're turning to walk back off the field while they punt the ball away and then the defense is going back out against a team that runs plays so fast our guys are half the time not getting a chance to you know to get a a, a breather I mean it, it really is a wonder that we didn't lose by you know 30 or 40 points which is funny because, you know, I think time of possession is an overblown stat, but like we won time of possession by five minutes. I felt and like we, we, more we did, did what we wanted to do as far as like, right. We did what we wanted to do as far as like how we were going to win was run the ball, control like the pace and, you know, flow of the game. And we didn't, I don't think we ran the ball well, but we somehow controlled the pace and flow of the game while being three for 15 on third down and only giving up 20 points. So like, if you told me you give up 20 points and you control the pace of the game, you know, it's one thing to win the the time of possession, but the other team scores five touchdowns because they're scoring you know, in two right. minutes, two minute drive quick. Right. But that wasn't the case. Even on their touchdown drives, they weren't necessarily like lightning quick. Right. Um, so 
you know, you you look, you box score it, and you're like, geez, like how everything was right there for you. Um, but you just your offense is just so inept right now in the red zone and, and on short yardage that you can't keep these drives going and you can't capitalize unless you hit big plays. And I think teams are now, you know, depending on what their scheme is, like I'm sitting back and being like, we're going to, we're not going to give up the big play. We're going to keep everything in front of us and they're not going to be able to pick up these third downs. They'll eventually make mistakes will eventually win a one-on-one play and they're, you know, they're not going to move the ball on us consistently because they're just, they're They're just not. It it goes back to kind of like the statement that I made last week that like, this is kind of what I expected, like with, with things not looking like they're flowing perfectly all the time. It's kind of, like inverted from when I expected it to happen. Like I kind of expected like the beginning, like the first two games maybe for, you know, to, to look so, I don't know, like disjointed maybe, or like not, not everything clicking properly. Whereas like it is backwards where we looked like everything was clicking and, and guys were on the same page and there seemed to be this like, you know, understanding between, and maybe some of that is because the offensive line wasn't getting as punished as they did yesterday. Yeah. Which throws everything off. I think the, the fits and starts is emblematic of a whole new offense, players, coaches, scheme, and then also more tape being out. Okay. I think as we've played games, as teams have had opportunities to study the players and how they're being used is now where we're maybe seeing why things are bogging down in the red zone, bogging down on short yardage. Um, and that is on the coaches to figure that out. Like you, you the coach cliche comment is, you know, we want to put our players in the best place, you know, best place to have success. Like it's on us to put them in opportunistic situations. Well, on, on some of these plays, they're not putting them in, probably not putting them in the best situations. And then that's being compounded by when they do put, maybe when they do put them in a good situation, the players just aren't making plays. So it's impossible for us as fans to sit here and go, that was, you know, it's very, I shouldn't say impossible. It's very hard. We don't get like all 22. We're not seeing everything, but it's like the play call could be great. And then the player isn't making the play or the play call could be a bad play call. And the, and the players aren't making the plays. Like you're not gonna, it's very hard to out scheme poor execution. And it's very yeah. hard to out, out execute a poor play. And we're kind of getting both of those things right now at the same time. I mean, I, I don't know what the answer is, and they unfortunately have a uh, a three day week here where they've got to kind of figure out some things. Maybe get some. I, I don't know if it comes down to like stripping the play, like looking at them and be like, "Look, we're going to strip the playbook all the way down when we get inside this area, and like these are the plays we're going to run." And it, it's nothing. You go all the way back to basics there, and then say like, "Let's see if we can figure this out this way." Well, and yeah. I th- I think it starts up front and with the run game because yeah. the offensive line is not oh, an offensive line built to just have Emory Jones drop back consistently where the defense knows he's dropping back. Yeah. So if you can't, if you can't run the ball, then you're certainly not going to like, you can't run the ball and it's third and nine. Like you, why would we think you're going to be able to protect when they're bringing five, six guys, you know? So everything feeds off of the run game. And and especially in the first half, that was essentially non-existent, which forced them to throw, which, you know, Emory Jones is what he is. Like, I think he's been a better player, especially than he was at Arizona state. But I mean, the guys in his sixth year, we kind of know exactly what he is. What you're going to get. Yep. He's not a guy that you just want back there constantly, especially behind an offensive line that has 
some some issues. So they need to be going forward, blowing guys off the ball, second and five. Third, you know, I'd say third and two, but we can't pick third and two up. But I mean, <laughs> ideally, that's the situation you're in. You're yeah. not in third and nine. You're not in, you know, third and thirteen because you threw the ball on first down or ran the ball for minus three on first down and then threw an incomplete pass and now you're throwing like it just you get it all starts everything with, it, right it compounds and we saw what i mean it, it turns into yeah it's a, a 20 to 6 loss that you're like it, i kind of likened it to the reds where i was like yeah I, I and maybe like in, in a smaller version here like i didn't necessarily expect going into it that you know we would be you know, going toe to toe with with Oklahoma, and then you are in some facets of the game where it's like keeping you there, and you're like, okay, like I, I think this, I think you know we got a shot here, but then the other parts of the machine are not working properly, and it keeps you from getting over that hump where like you know maybe you know we're within a field goal or you know ahead by a field goal or something going into you know towards the end of the game, just like. You know how the Reds? You didn't you'd think they were going to be anywhere around it. Like it, you could almost stomach getting blown out a little right. easier than than I it mean, being like. That's that's the frustrating part is the whole like the last two weeks doing the whole. If I told you that this happened, you'd yep. be like, "Oh, well, I'll take that." Yeah, right. it's like my, Miami. If I told you we had over 500 yards of offense and had the ball in the red zone eight times, you'd be like, "Oh, well, that we must have won easily." And then this week. If I told you we held one of the best offenses in the country to 35 points below their average, you'd be like, all right, like we're definitely in this game. Maybe we don't win because they're still really good, but like we're definitely in it. And, you know, a couple plays here and there, I, you know, I think Shimon's drop was huge. Yeah, this, that, yeah, it hit him right in the hands. That sets then- him up first and 10 inside the 20 with plenty of time left and at least – I want to say still probably both timeouts to possibly make it 10-10 at the half. And then even just the missed field goal. Like if it's 10-6 at half, you're like, okay, we, right. we kind of, you know, we didn't run the ball effectively at all. We threw an interception inside the 25-yard 20, yard line, and we're still only down four against this team. Like we got a shot. And then you just come out with absolutely nothing on that drive. It's had to be, you know, pretty demoralizing going into the locker room. Well, even then, like even taking like another step back from that, we get a we get the field goal. We're up three zero. They have the ball, and literally, I thought I was watching a flashback when uh, Dylan Gabriel threw the ball outside, and Jordan. Oh, Young, and I Jordan, mean, if he sliced was, in there on the, it side. was literally going to be an identical clip to Sauce Gardner's first pick. Yeah. I mean, he, had, he had a great read on that. I mean, that's... He got his hands off to the side. It hit him right in the hand. Like, I, I don't know if, if... I don't even know who the receiver was. I don't know if he kind of bumped his his hands as he was getting to it, but it would have it been one of those things where they could have overlaid both of them together, and it would have been a really cool, like... But, you know, then you're up... You'd be up 10, 10 nothing right there. And it's kind of one of the... Like, take them out of, their, out of everything that they're expecting to be able to do very early and you're up, you know, two scores. Obviously then the next throw lands in threats lap and drops that. I mean, that drive ended on a fumble, but at the other end of the field. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of shoulda, woulda, couldas. And like you said, it's like, it seems like now this is two weeks in a row of like, if I told you that, you know, we were two and one going into Oklahoma, you would have, you know, expected that it was, you know, the loss was to pit. Like, you would have been happy with two and one if you, you know, didn't know any of the facts as to who you lost to and who you beat. Yeah. And this week, you know, kind of similar. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like, you know, you have a game last week that you feel like you should have won because you played much better than you played yesterday um, and didn't make the plays when you had to in the high leverage situations. And then the same thing happens – Yesterday, you know, you're in a game against a really good team and you don't make the plays 
in high leverage situations. So it's it's on everybody. Like that's the that's the part that I that I just can't you know I can't pinpoint and get on one thing. You know when you cannot do do what they're doing, it's it's a collective effort. Like everybody's got to raise their game. So it doesn't really do me any good to to start blaming coaches or blaming players like shit it's everybody man like you know you just it's not be like better it's not like guys are running wide open and the players are are missing them um so we got to do a better job of getting guys open got to do a better job of of, of scheming open big plays mm-hmm. but for those big plays to happen you got to break tackles and you got to block and you got to give your quarterback time and your receivers time to make those plays happen. So it, it all goes hand in hand. We just got to do a better, and we got to do a better job of not being, you know, third and nine over half the time. Cause you're not going to pick those up. I mean, like you're just not, that that's not conducive to winning football games. If every time you're on third down, you know, you, they know like, well, this is either going to be some little draw play, maybe a little like, you know, give up screen or, yeah, they're going to try and throw it deep because it's towards the end of the game, and you know that you know we're in four down territory. Like it's just, huh? Yep. So Josh says that my, he thinks Miami's better than Pitt, which I think that's starting to to show. Like, mm, I don't know. I'm not sure I'm going to go that far. I, I wouldn't say that was a Pitt was not as uh, good as as a, of a win as we thought it was at the time. But we talked but, about that last week too. So yeah, I mean they. They did. A, they played a little bit better. You know, Phil Dracovic wasn't a total disaster last night against North Carolina, um, but yeah, I mean, they're not. I don't think they're great, but I didn't think they were great coming into the year. I think it was more so of our unknowns and being on the road in week two than it was thinking they were good. A world beater. Yeah. So, you know, we talked about it. What we have ahead of us in the next week and then you have a buy and then you get, you know, that's the thing is like you get a buy and then you get three teams that are kind of who knows what the heck's going on. We can say the same thing about us, but that's right. the nature of this league this year is, you know, you have opportunities like they, ha- they will have opportunities in their next four games to turn things around and to get some wins and looking at how these next eight games go, like, Absolutely, four and four is is something that can be had. Yeah, like you know, I you know, and before before we move off this game, I do not want to end the podcast or not discuss how awesome the atmosphere was. Um, you know, big new kickoff was. In, I didn't go down there, but that looked to be insane. Mark Ingram is a down the drive natural. Uh, crowd was. La- I mean. On their what second first drive, they picked up the first down, and then on third down, super loud communication issues. You know, poor snap. They got lucky, really, that the ball the, bounced off of his shoulder and didn't just go over his shoulder. And didn't just was, launch into the. He was not paying attention. I mean, it, he was not looking at at it at all. Uh, so that could have been way worse for them. Um, but the crowd was loud all game. Like, hats off to everybody. You know, and that's the thing that we need to as fans. It, and I know it can be tough, but like, you, we need to do this all the time, no matter what's going on, no matter who we're playing. That's how you make yep. this a truly hostile environment against better teams. We can't be front runners. We can't be loud and and you know and be there in full throat when things are going great, like you gotta be behind our team all the time. And that's, you know, that's just part of the deal. I mean, you're going to have games like this where it's nip and tuck. Like we are very used to like blowing, just blowing bad teams out in the American. There were very few times at Nipper stadium where it was like a comeback win or a back and forth game over the last several years. So, you know, this is this is what we're in now, as at least this year with a lot of new pieces, depth being tested with, you know, whether it's Desha- Deshaun's suspension, 
injuries, just, you know, part of football. And we knew the depth was going to be a problem coming yes, this year. Coach Satterfield said that in his press conference last night that like you know, our our depth is not is not there. Like we it's don't not, have we don't have a ton of guys. It's, uh, I don't think he wanted to say non-existent, but that's. I mean, it's, I think I don't it think is. it's I don't think it's like a crutch or an excuse. We talked about it all summer. Yeah, yeah. Like and there's just, position you know, groups got to play because of the coaching change because of the transfer portal. Like there's just position groups that don't have the requisite depth that depth that they uh, need at this point. So, you know, guys get hurt. It's football. So other guys are going to step up and hopefully they, they can handle that. But, you know, I thought the crowd was awesome. Definitely caused problems for OU, you know, their first true road game. I mean, they played at Tulsa, but that was pretty much an entire home crowd. So, well, I saw one of the uh, one of their guy Parker Thune. I hope I'm saying his last name right. I guess he's he he covers Oklahoma for like rivals or whatever. Um, and he had tweeted out or posted or whatever it is now um, that it it doesn't sound yeah. like there are only forty thousand people here. You know that that it's a you know fantastic environment for you know college football. Which you know if you're <laughs> If you're into taking some moral victories away from it, or some victories as as a fan base, uh, you know, pat yourself on the back for uh, making the environment something that a uh, a Big Twelve team that is you know a, has been around big time college football for quite some time is is thoroughly impressed with you know our our little stadium that everybody's like oh it's it's too small to be you know a yeah. big time place and they you I mean know, I think even everything even I've seen like in in his mentions I think some of their fans were even like yeah we need to be more like this like it doesn't matter that we have 80,000 fans like their stadiums louder than ours like um, you know um so there was one that that commented we, in there and was like why can't we be like this and somebody was like well, we need to not be a medical school and an engineering school and a you know a math and a, <laughs> like everything they were like li- like everything they were listing off. I was like, UC is all of those things. Like, I mean, I, and, I will say I saw managed- an awful lot of yeah, I saw an awful lot of OU fans yesterday, and not a damn one of them had a cold beer in their hands. So I'm, I'm kind of questioning. Did you offer them, them a Cincy light? I did see a couple of drinking, and I said thank you for supporting okay. our players. Um, yep. Maybe that maybe that has something to do with it. I I don't know, but uh, but yeah, I mean the atmosphere was great, and it needs to be like that against teams that aren't near as good as OU. So you know, hopefully that helps you know cause them even more issues and propels the Bearcats to wins. I know we we're already at almost fifty minutes, and we haven't even touched on national games on a week that was full of national games any i mean obviously the noted the ending of the notre dame ohio state game was something um yeah thought the game was over ohio state somehow gets the ball back and then on the last two plays of the game notre dame only has 10 guys on the field and they know not, and they know it and i'm not sure one how the first one even happens because ohio state subbed so that would have given them the ability to sub. And then on the second one, there's a clear defensive lineman missing right where Ohio State ran the ball. Yeah. And Marcus Freeman says he didn't want to take a timeout or didn't want, he, take a, didn't want to take didn't a penalty. Take a penalty because he didn't have any timeouts. And I'm like, so you'd rather – and this they're on the one-yard line. So it's like, so you didn't want to give them a foot and a half because why? And you'd rather play it out with one less defensive lineman on the field when you know they're going to run the ball. And they had, they they honestly hadn't had much. I mean, they, they had stopped Ohio State numerous times in short yard situations in the middle of the field down to go. I mean, they had, they had done that, and now you've you're just like, well, you know, we're we're just gonna, we're gonna roll the dice on this one, like <laughs> play with ten guys out there when all they're trying to do is push our guys in that exact spot backwards and we're going to give them an extra big body to do that. It was very interesting. Yeah. It didn't, didn't make a ton of sense to me. Um, I also didn't understand why they ran a, 
you know, they, they allowed Ohio State to hold on to a timeout by running a, a screenplay. Screen, yeah, on, I, like, I noticed some conversation about like their, their own play calling on the drive very, before that. It was very, very odd. Like They, they ran the ball. Um, they, if I recall, they didn't get a whole lot. And then you know it, it gets backed up. And instead of just running the ball again to continue to, to drain the clock and, it, and at least take Ohio State's timeouts, they, they gave them a free timeout by throwing a, a, a screenplay that was almost a pick six. Yeah. By one of, uh, by a two, I can't pronounce his name. The yeah, I, I don't two, know either. Two, two of the whatever. But uh, yeah, I mean, he got his hand up and almost had a pick six. And they, you know, turned into a free timeout for Ohio State. Which, you know, when you look at it, you know, they, they score with one second to go and you could have run, you know, I know that's kind of like apples and oranges really is how time is going to work after right. that happens. So even but if you want to run play and make them code, yeah. Then they don't yeah, I don't know. So. Um, I so think Texas happened, is really good. Yeah. I don't think I don't, I don't think Baylor's any good, but man, they when they look good, they got some dudes on offense, and their defensive line is nasty. Yeah, Texas is. Uh, I'm I'm glad we don't have to run into that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think they're they're going to say significantly better than everybody else in the conference, but I think they're yeah, you know, quite a bit better yeah. as of now. Um, what else jumped out to you? Well, uh, the boys from Boulder, um, they, they that they, was expected though. Like, yeah, did anybody not yeah, think mean, that Oregon was going to just throttle well, them? Well, I think, I think though, it, it almost became one of those situations on, on a on a much obviously larger scale than you know, kind of what's going on. What happened like here, where like they they came out, they they did something a little unexpected at the beginning of the year. Things look like they were, you know, I don't know, you know, becoming a to to especially to like the casual fan to like all the the pomp and circumstance and all the stuff that's going on around it. Like maybe they were better than everybody thought they would be, and it's it just wasn't there. And and in Oregon, let them know, and then continued to let them know, and uh, yeah, yeah. I think when they played teams with significant talent their deficiencies were going to be uh exposed greatly and that's exactly Magnified. what happened it's, especially when you have a coach in dan lanning who made no bones about the fact that he wanted to score as many points as humanly possible oh, against yeah. colorado my favorite I mean, thing was their best offensive and defensive player streaming twitch at halftime down 35 <laughs> to nothing uh, I liked how they had like 23 yards in the first half, which was, is only slightly worse than Iowa, who had 61 yards of offense with six minutes to go in the game. I don't know, but the, uh, Colorado carries some giant chair around with them. Yeah, it's like so, a throne. Yeah, they had the they had somebody like took a picture of them after the game, like nothing like carrying having to lug this thing yeah. off after getting Get blown know, out. Yeah, getting destroyed. That one, uh, the end of the Florida State Clemson game. I think feel bad for their forty year old kicker. Um, his three kids are distraught. Probably three teenage sons are probably distraught today. <clears throat> uh, Alabama. He that was the most obvious thing that was ever going to happen. Like everyone's doubting whether they're still good and lane is doing lane things. And it was very clear that Alabama was going to just work them over. And, and then, uh, surprising. I know that the final score is a lot different, but, uh, Arizona state hung with USC, um, for quite some time. Like, yeah, because USC, I mean, it's it's play the USC over. Like, they don't really care about defense. They, I mean, it was, but it was, it was tight. I mean, oh, yeah. Into, like, because all the pre, all like the pre show, like, you know, the, the going on in the morning were like, you know, do, do you take, um, you know, Caleb Williams with like 500 yards and how many touchdowns? And they're like, well, however many that he wants to get. And like, you know, he'll be out of the game by halftime. And 
like none of that happened. Like, I mean, he did end up with 322 yards and three touchdowns. So like, but, and you know, they scored 15 points in the fourth quarter to kind of stretch it out a little bit. But I was, I was just a little bit surprised that, you know, because Arizona state is not good and they, they made it, you know, they were, they hung around a little bit longer than I thought uh, would, would maybe happen. How about uh, Ben Bryant? Northwestern. I, I watched the end of that game. Dude was threw a great ball to force overtime, and then they did a little like kind of roll out, slip the tight end out in overtime. They were down twenty one, I think, maybe even into the fourth quarter. He threw for three, almost four hundred yards, I think, or over four hundred yards and five touch, four or five touchdowns, like three hundred ninety six yards, four touchdowns for Ben Bryant, and they were down twenty one points at the start of the fourth quarter and scored 21 points to tie it and send it into overtime. And he was throwing like downfield dimes, lasers, like anything that you would want out of your quarterback. Ben Bryant was doing yesterday for Northwestern and it had to feel, I mean, like they, oh, they yeah. showed him at the end of the game, like yep. mm-hmm. where he was just kind of like, you could tell like it hit him because yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that cannot be an easy situation. You transfer there, and then all the stuff happens with Pat Fitzgerald, mm-hmm. and you weren't probably going to be very good anyway this year, and you're you're getting your butt kicked at home, and for them to, to fight back, especially against such an upstanding person like P.J. Fleck, I really hate to see that happen. Yeah, I... I can't imagine what his comments in his, po- in his post game were. That was, I'm sure that was hilarious. Oh, tough luck. Good old, um, good old Ben Bryant came out there and led the yeah, charge I'm back. I'm trying to think uh, in conference there was anything that my uh, I will say my Big Twelve conference championship game pick is not looking great. <laughs> Tech, Texas Tech. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, well, not looking I, great, and starting quarterback breaks his leg. So I was gonna say, <laughs> maybe we maybe we do wish we played them this year. Yeah. Well, I had I, I said Kansas State, and they're they've you know they've got a they're holding at least one L. Um, yeah. Kansas, but it is kind of looking looked, like looked good. Iowa State actually scored some points, which is interesting. But that also <laughs> makes me wonder about Oklahoma State. Like you let Iowa State score thirty four. What does that say about you? Well, <laughs> you let Iowa State score 34. That's uh, an interesting situation there, too. So, And we get to play them in, what, two weeks? Three, yep. Or is that three B- weeks? BYU, then bye, then Iowa the State, weeks. Baylor, and at Oklahoma State. So, I mean, you've got four games now. Because, I, I mean, I think BYU will be tough at home, but, you know, on a that's, short that's, week, yeah. That's one that I feel, you know, Kansas, I think, especially with the run game and the quarterback run game, probably showed you see some things they might be able to take advantage of. But, yeah, I mean, this is a big, big four-game stretch, you know. Yeah. Get a bye week in there, get two in a row at home. So, big opportunity for the Bearcats to, to put themselves in position heading into the last month of the season. Hopefully, stack some wins, and you know, maybe, maybe. Uh, I mean, I, I'm, I, I still think that you know, six wins in a, a bowl game is is very much a possibility. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, they they've I mean, got to fix these things. We can't be we can't be coming in here every week on the show and talking about you know if I told you and right. it yeah. being in a in a like <laughs> because we're, we're not playing. We're not playing any Oklahomas anymore. I can't be right. like if I told you at home yeah. against Iowa State we held them to thirteen points and then still didn't win. I'm going to be like, <laughs> well, then, you know. <laughs> so, there needs to be some drastic changes if we if we get here that week, and that's what we're talking about, right? I mean, that's that's not going to that's certainly not going to cut it. Um, I don't really want to talk about the Bengals. I'm going to the game Monday night. I'm thinking I'm going to be seeing Jake Browning, which doesn't exactly excite me. Uh, probably It'll probably be AJ McCarron. Don't worry. <laughs> Rachel asked me that last night when I got home. She's like, is AJ McCarron starting on Sunday? I'm like, absolutely not. No, they <laughs> like, signed him to the practice squad. Monday. But... Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I'm not really interested in uh, talking about them. 
So, but I, I do want to say something about you know, we. I know we normally hit Bearcats in the NFL, and we normally you know run down the list. We don't have to run down all of it, but Ivan Pace um, uh, through PFF, if you want to go that way, is the number one defensive graded rookie linebacker, uh, number one pass rush grade for rookie linebackers, and uh, number one tackling grade for rookie linebackers. So, who who here is surprised by any of that? I don't think anybody. Uh, not know? not if you wear red and black on Saturdays. Yeah, you're I don't not surprised really, by I it. I don't really think anybody is. Um, so hopefully his his very very strong start to the season continues, and uh, we will be even though the game is on Friday, we will still be Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. So uh, up, uh, as always, appreciate everybody, Deanna, Natalie, Josh, T Win, everybody that jumps in the chat. Uh, Appreciate you guys getting up early. Hope you had a, maybe a Bloody Mary or a mimosa this morning with us and, and not just a, a boring old coffee. I think we all need it after the last couple of weeks, but uh, it's always fun to, to jump on here and hash things out. And we will be back next week uh, after a late one. Not sure, you know, hope it's a good one because I'm going to be pretty upset if we're uh, – up till two o'clock in the morning and then got to talk about another, another tough loss right. for the Bearcats. But uh, thanks again for everybody joining us on this episode of the Bearcat brunch brought to you as always by our Royal links golf tours. If you're looking to schedule a trip out to Europe to play some golf and check out everything that they have to offer, please reach out to Hayden Moore or Jeff Bartholomew and have a great Sunday Cincinnati.